how many of you are thankful that we didn't have digital polygraphs when you logged in this morning? Yeah, that would be something else, especially if you're sitting with your significant other. So this series is going to be a result of conversations I have with people over the years. It may have been, maybe you, your conversation with me may be part of this as well. Here's what I've heard. Does prayer even matter? The, even more personally, does my prayer even matter? matter? Now, for some people, it seems that they are praying for days, for weeks, for months, for years, and God just hasn't shown up on the thing they've been praying for. I'm on a call every uh, Monday through Friday morning. Uh, it's about 7.30 to 8. And there's a bunch of us from our church, or there's a few of us from our church that are on this call. And there are people who are praying, and God is answering their prayer. It is so cool to hear, to see. I struggle to, to, rap, to, to, to get like a 15 minutes straight with God without trying to chase down a thought of things I got to do throughout the day. But man, it just seems like people have God's ear. And I sometimes struggle that I don't have that. I know that's some of your struggle too, based on the conversations I've had in the past. So what we want to do is we want to spend the next two weeks helping you and helping me get to a point where we can be honest to God. We can be honest to God. And next week, we're going to look at doubt, how everyone deals with doubt. And we're going to find that doubt actually is a bridge to a deeper and better relationship with God. So we want this to be a helpful series. And the only way that this is going to be a helpful series is if you're honest. Listen, if you're not going to be honest, this isn't going to be helpful. And we want this to be helpful. And the only way this is going to be helpful is if you're honest. So we invite you to be honest over the next two weeks. So to get started this morning, I was reading an article. And in this article, it, it talked about how angry sports or uh, angry pep talks, it most likely it's in sports, inspire more than positive pep talks and it reminded me of what it was like playing football where we had a coach and his coach was he was a firecracker uh he, he would jump up and down he would take off his hat throw it down he would yell he would spit he would ha he had these these glasses and they would fog up and he was beat red as he was trying to inspire us to play better in the second half. Man, it worked. It worked for most of our team. But man, for me, I'm still sitting back and I have unresolved emotion because I didn't want him to have a stroke. See, I didn't, that's not how I'm wired. I'm wired if someone says to me, hey, I believe in you. I know that you have the tools, you have the goods to do it, go do it. That's all I need to hear. It doesn't have to be an angry tone or a positive tone. It just is, hey, I believe in you, I know you can do it, and that's all that I need. See, for some of us, we have unresolved emotion. It may not be from a halftime talk, but for us, we have unresolved emotion because of the pandemic. Because we lost someone close to us. Because we don't know if we're going to have a secure job in the next six months. We're not sure about our future. We're not sure about retirement. We're not sure about the school year. 
And we have these unresolved emotions about those things. And here's what happens. Unresolved emotion equals unrest. Unresolved emotion equals unrest. What do you do with this this unresolved emotion? For some of us, we're angry, we're bitter, we're resentful. For some of us, we've isolated ourselves. We have no peace. We're anxious. What if the answer to this unresolved emotion is honesty? What if it's honesty? Honesty is freeing. Honesty, it brings peace. Think of the times when you were honest. Man, you were set free. (laughs) There was no fear of judgment. There was no fear of rejection. You just wanted to get off your mind. You wanted to get it off your chest. Why? Because it was freeing when you did. But for some of us, we're not honest. And what I mean by that is we're not honest when it comes to our relationships. We have distrust. We have suspicion when it comes to our relationships. We have a fear of being rejected. We have a fear of being judged. We are afraid that that person will betray us like the other person. We've been hurt and we don't want to experience that hurt. See, honesty shows, shows up best in relationships. When you think of two kinds of relationships, you have your healthy relationships and you have your unhealthy relationships. Your healthy relationships have full disclosure. Your unhealthy relationships have suspicion. You have trust and then you have suspicion. You have full disclosure and you have limited disclosure. The relationships that are healthy are the ones that have full disclosure. And look, we want you to have a healthy relationship with God. And that means full disclosure with God. For some of us, as we think about a relationship with God, we, we, we think about prayer. And that's how we build and strengthen our relationship with God is through prayer. And for some of us, it, prayer is like emailing our boss. We overthink it. We, we rewrite it several times. We shorten it. We are trying to get the perfect grammar. We edit it over and over and over again. We are trying to get it to, to say something that he or she wants to hear. And quite honestly, we have a fear of getting it right. What if God doesn't want perfect conversation, but honest conversation? What if God doesn't want perfect conversation, but what if he wants honest conversation it doesn't have to be edited it could be uncut it's raw there's no fear of getting it right there's no fear of man is it perfect enough but it's just honest see when we're not fully honest with god we're unable to fully trust god we're not we're not able to fully trust him look if there's no honesty there's no trust or there's no intimacy like for my wife and I, the most intimate times that we have is actually at the table. It's when she's pouring out what's going on in her soul. It's me doing the same thing. That can only happen if there's trust building, if there's honesty. They go hand in hand. There's no honesty, there's no intimacy. There's honesty, there's intimacy, or there's trust. 
for some of us, we're like teenagers. No offense to those students listening. But quite honestly, we're like teenagers. We're trying to hide things from God because we don't like how things have turned out in our life. So we're, we're sort of disclosing, we're not disclosing everything to God when we, when we pray, when we talk. See, God showed that he can be trusted. He showed you, he's shown me that he can be trusted as he gave his son so that we'd know him on a personal level. And Jesus says it best. Jesus says this, if you had really known me, he's talking to his disciples, those closest to him, he says, you would know who my father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. He goes on to say, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. See, by giving us Jesus, God is showing that he is all in on having a relationship with you and having a relationship with me. See, believing that God wants a relationship with you is different than having a relationship with him. See, I believe that Jenny was going to be my wife. But it was a lot better when she became my wife. See, there's full disclosure when you're in a relationship with God, when you know him because he's made himself known. He's not trying to hide himself from you. He wants to be known. The beautiful thing about Christianity that makes it so different and unique from other world religions, including Islam, Allah doesn't want to know you. Allah is not a personal God. But Jesus says, no, no, no. God wants to be known and he wants to have a relationship with you. That's huge. So, has anyone been honest to God? It's a great question. There have been people that have been honest to God. There are people in the Old Testament, New Testament, who've been honest to God. And we're going to be looking at someone in particular today who was honest to God this is a guy who went from being a shepherd to being a folk hero to being Israel's greatest king. And that was David. Along the way, he was a songwriter. He learned how to write songs. And a lot of the songs that he wrote, we actually have. We have a copy of that. And they're in what we call psalms. Some of it is we're leaning in. We're eavesdropping into David's personal journal. See, David is a guy who had unrest. He had unresolved emotion. Notice how he handled unresolved fear. He says, and he writes, I come to you for protection, O Lord my God. The word Lord, all caps in the Old Testament, it's God's covenant name. It's God's personal name. David's saying, look, I got this personal relationship with you, and I, I've come to you because I believe that you're in my corner. So I need you to save me from my persecutors. I need you to rescue me. Look, you and I, we may not have people trying to track us down to us at all, but we do We do have fear. We have a fear of how this fall is going to go. We have fear on walking into that doctor's appointment. We have fear of getting that diagnosis. We have fear of emailing our boss. We have those fears. Notice what he writes. He says, if you don't, notice the poetry 
They will maul me like a lion, tearing me to pieces with no one to rescue me. God, if you don't rescue me, I'm going to be broken apart. I'm going to be broken down. God, I need you to come and rescue me. This is one of those moments where you may have experienced personal loss or a job loss or a broken relationship or maybe a divorce. And there's a fear of getting into a new relationship, of getting a new job or finding a new job or trusting someone again. Man, David would invite you to be honest to God. How about when you're overwhelmed with gratitude and God actually does come through for you? He writes this. He says, I waited patiently for the Lord, again, that covenant name again, to help me. <laughs> we have no idea how long it was. It could have been months. It could have been days. It could have even been years. And he, speaking of God, turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing and a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. Now David is saying, he's saying, man, I want people to experience what I've experienced. God lifted me out. I only saw what I could see. But then he lifted me up. He freed me from the mud. Then I was able to walk. I was free and I was able to see things from his perspective, and that is huge for all of us. And then he's like, man, God gave me the song. He, he wants me to tell the story so that people would know him and have a relationship with him. They would trust him like I fully trust him. How about when you feel powerless? David, at times, even though he was Israel's one of the greatest king, he still felt at times powerless. And quite honestly, man, going into this fall because of the pandemic, I know for some of you, you're crushed that there's no, no college football in some areas. I, I hear you. Maybe for you, it's even more than that. It's, it's a, someone that you lost close to you. See, there are times, there are moments where we feel powerless. We feel like we can't do anything that's going to fix the situation. Notice what he writes. He says, oh God, my rock. Why have you forgotten me? Did you notice what he writes? He says, oh God. It's like he, he's losing faith. He's, he doesn't use my, my, the covenant name of God. He's losing faith. Listen, when we feel powerless, those are the moments where we begin to lose faith. He says, why have you forgotten me? Why must I wander around in grief, oppressed by my enemies? Notice the poetry. He says, their taunts break my bones. They scoff. Where is this God of yours? See, moments like this, for you, it's when nothing is going well for us. In those moments, are you willing, like David, he would invite you to be honest with God. And then, when you have unresolved anger, Notice what he writes. He says, break off their fangs, O God. Smash the jaws of these lions, O Lord. There's that name again. He's saying, look, let them feel the pain that I've felt. Allow them to experience the hurt they've caused me. 
Don't show mercy to them. Don't show compassion to them. May they disappear like water in the thirsty ground. Make their weapons useless in their hands. May they be like snails that dissolve into slime. And notice this because he can relate to this. Like a stillborn child who will never see the sun. He lost a baby. He knows what that pain is like. And he's like, hey, that pain that I felt, I want them to experience the same pain. God, don't give them mercy. Don't give them grace. See, in those moments when we're the most angry, it's that we didn't get our way. It's that the thing that we've been praying for, someone else got. When you feel that way, David would invite you to be honest to God. See, being honest to God should force you to be honest with yourself. Being honest with God should force you to be honest with yourself. When you do, it frees your conscience up. You're no longer hiding yourself, your thoughts, your emotions. It opens, it should open you up to seeing God's perspective. See, there was a greater king than David, and that was Jesus. And Jesus, I'm not sure how it all worked, but he was 100% God and 100% man. And, and with his humanity, he dealt with unrest. He dealt with unresolved emotion. Notice what he prays the night that he's betrayed. Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. God, I don't want to do this. Papa, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do it. Now imagine if God, if it stopped there and God answered that prayer. Imagine where you and I would be. No, see, as he fully trusted God, as he was fully honest with God, he was able to trust God. As he was fully honest with God, he was able to fully trust God. Notice what he prays. Yet, I want your will to be done, not mine. I want your will to be done, not mine. And Jesus' example is this. God is not for perfect conversation. He's wants, he wants honest conversation. And Jesus' example is this, that I need to be fully honest with God and fully trust God. I need to do both. I need to be fully honest and I need to fully trust. He is our example of what it looks like to have honest conversation with God. Listen, if you're listening for the first time and you have yet to kind of figure out what a relationship with God looks like, or maybe you've been listening for a while, you've never made that decision to fully trust God, to put your faith and trust what Jesus did for you and for me. We have hosts standing by ready to help you take that next step and trusting Jesus as the leader of your life. He's the only one that can allow us to have that relationship with God who he invites to call Father. So click on one of our hosts and they'll be able to help you or you could click the hand below me if you're ready to make that decision to follow Jesus. Listen, if you are a follower of Jesus, thank you so much for, for tuning in. Hopefully this has been helpful. Hopefully this has been inspiring. I want to leave you with this. For some of us, God wants to make himself known 
And the best way that that's going to happen in your life is that you open yourself up to be fully known. Listen, if you want to trust God, you got to be honest with God. If there's no honesty, there's no intimacy. God wants you to trust him and he can be trusted. And Jesus said it best himself. If you've seen me, you've seen the father. See, God wants to be known. He wants us to be known ourselves. And the best way to do that is to fully be fully honest to God and fully trust God. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for this unique opportunity to look at prayer, to look at what an honest conversation with you looks like. And Father, I know that some are listening and they haven't had prayers answered in a long time. And I'm asking you that you will help them trust you with their plans with their future with their life with this fall with that diagnosis that they would be able to trust you because we believe that if we if we can be fully honest with you that we can fully trust you that you can be trusted that you have our best interest in mind you want what's best for us because it's not just about our story to tell. It's about your story through us to tell. So, Father, help us to do everything we can to trust you. In Jesus' name, amen.